Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longham. Welcome, Rob. Oh, it's good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. We're members of Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Google it, take a look at it, and get the resources that we offer for people from all over the world and available on our website. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you to Gospel Reflections today. And if everybody would get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what we're to see? I would love to. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this moment. Thank you for your love. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to be thankful as we, uh, as we celebrated Thanksgiving, Lord, help us to have a thankful heart in everything that we do and everything that we receive, because they're all gifts from you. Help us to, to each day enter into uh, deeper into that relationship with you, Lord, to prepare our hearts for you, Jesus, to be born into our hearts this Christmas. Help us uh, as we prepare to celebrate Jesus as Christ the King this Sunday. Help us to crown Jesus King of our hearts. Thank you, Father, for the gift of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'd like to read again from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Pilate said to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this on your own or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. I love the way you slowed down there at the end, Dave, to to emphasize, listens to my voice. And it makes me think of one of the members of the Stewardship Family of Ministries, uh, it's called the Fathers of St. Joseph. And it's centered around the four pillars of St. Joseph's spirituality. You know, God could have picked any man to be the earthly father for Jesus, but he picked Joseph. And these pillars are critical if we're gonna, especially as men and as fathers, if we wanna be a father on earth like the Father in heaven walking in the footsteps of St. Joseph, we have to embrace the four pillars. And the first one is, to embrace silence, embrace silence. And as guys, it's hard because we want to go, 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 do, do, do. We want to, you know, just get her done and 
and and we don't want to stop a lot of times and and when we stop initially and enter into silence we could get distracted we could be pulled in a million different directions in our mind and we oftentimes i oftentimes don't allow myself to get through that first not and a lot of times i'll wrestle with them as opposed to just bringing them to the lord bringing the distractions to the lord but it's it's like it's a working out if I was going to run a marathon next year, I wouldn't, you know, strap on the, uh, put on the shoes and lace up the day before. I'd start today and, and maybe go for a walk and then go for a jog and then increase the distance. It's the same things with, with the silence, that if we truly want to listen to God's voice, he's not going to compete. He's not going to compete with all the, the noise and the distractions of the world. He's waiting for us to enter into that silence because that's God's first voice. His first language is silence. So thank you for, for slowing down to uh, emphasize those last words, listens to my voice. And um, what, what a great gift we can give ourselves entering into this, this feast of Christ the King this Sunday and then shortly after that into Advent to, to break away, to listen to God's voice. You know, and it's key, though, not just to listen because Scripture then goes on to say, don't be just hearers of the Word but doers. Because it's so important. So the Word of God, which is the Bible, sacred scripture, Jesus enfleshed that. He became the Word, Word, Word come to flesh. So for me, that Christ who lived in this world, who is God, wants to speak to us every day. But we've got to know who his voice is. We've got to know his language. Well, how do we do that? We do it by what we're doing right now. Break open the scriptures. Learn his language. That language is a language of love. It's a marital language. The Lord is always wooing us unto his very self. So for me, we need to be distinguish his voice from all the other voices of the world. And when we continue to consume, input his voice through the word of God, the breaking open of the bread of life, we recognize the still quiet voice that he speaks to us in our hearts. And Rob, I can tell you, I don't hear it when I'm watching television. Mm. I don't hear it when I'm consumed with a movie. I don't hear it on a computer screen. I hear it in the still quiet times in my life. A lot of time it's in the bathroom because <laughs> I don't have a television on. But you know, I hear it in the quiet times because he doesn't, he's a gentle lover. He doesn't yell at us. He doesn't scream things at us. He shares these things in that still quiet voice in our hearts. And when we tune our ears spiritually in to hear it, and then are obedient to what we hear, responding always in love, it's amazing how God will continue to speak to us and will continue to be instruments for to be used by him to bring his light into the world. David, I was, you're a fisherman. I, lo- I know you love to go out fishing. I heard a story that I think ties in here, and it's, uh, it was related to, to just the technology of today, uh, whether it's TV or you know, the handheld devices that we've become we become so short-circuited in a sense that, that everything is now. Like we can just, you know, just scroll, 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 scroll to get what we want. And when they're talking about that, like how we don't have the capacity just to, just to stop and sit and think things through, we get bored very easily. They were talking about uh, fishing shows that, uh, you know, a boy who watches a fishing show within 28 minutes will see them, you know, get their stuff, get on the boat, get out catch the fish, bring the fish in, and, you know, they're eating it in the next scene. Then the boy goes out on a real fishing trip, on a real boat, and after, you know, 10, 15 minutes, if there's no action on board. I think the same is true with our, 
you know, with, with us being wired like this or rewired with, with the, the constant technology and just that ability to scroll, 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 get what we want, get it quick and move on, that really affects us in our, in our time of prayer. Because, you know, if we don't get instant answers, we might, we might quit. Or if we get distracted, we might just move on. I'm thinking of Jesus, this, this week, this Sunday, we're celebrating Jesus as King of the universe, Jesus Christ, the King. So if Jesus is the King, that means that Mary is the Queen. And what does our Queen teach us? To ponder, right? She pondered these things in her heart. She, did, she wasn't looking for a quick fix. You know, pondering is the ability to just, just to let things unfold, to, you know, to be marinated in God's Word, just to, to sit and to be. And, you know, so for us to be um, in the King's army, you know, we want to be one of his, his followers. Um, we need to follow the first disciple, Mary, right? She's the queen. And what did our queen do? She pondered, yeah. right? And it's not a quick fix. I mean, pondering is, is something that, that is going to take some time. It's going to take some practice. It's going to take some discipline. Um, but the fruit is, is beyond the beyond. Well, I love what Bishop Gaynor when he when he broke open when he broke open the word ponder. He said, "To ponder something is to take in what the world transmits into our heart to allow God then to transform what we've received through that transmission, so that we always respond with love. It can be tough love, but with love, because whenever we're tempted to react, hate in, hate out, anger in, anger out." We're, we're working with the ways of the world. But when we do what Mary did, our first disciple of Jesus Christ, our model disciple of Jesus Christ, who opened up and said her fiat, her yes to the gift, you know, when we do that, we ponder, we bring it into our hearts, say, you know what, Father? What am I to learn from this? Father, how am I to respond to this? I was just wounded. And you will be amazed, amazed at how God will transform all this stuff that gets hit hits us every day throughout our day and then transform it in our hearts so that we always respond with the heart of Christ which is love which is love and so for me again this this next sentence up hit me right between the eyes too it says you say i am king for this i was born and for this i came into the world to testify to the truth do you realize that you were born and came into this world to testify to the truth the truth is christ so for me i was entrusted with the starbarn village and so this year when we came to hear that hershey park and longwood gardens had taken everything faith based angels and nativities out of their light show I said, wow, you know, I got this inspiration from the still quiet voice to do a Christmas light drive through That's the life of Christ in lights, and it testifies to the truth that Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And so as you go through this drive through it tells you why we do what we do. What are all our traditions that all point to Christ as our shepherd in the candy cane, you know, as our 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 uh, salvation in the red and white colors representing the birth of the church through his blood and, and the waters of baptism that came forth when his side was pierced. And those red and white stripes, by his stripes we were healed, are on the candy cane. The, the holly wreath represents the crown of thorns. As I kept going through this and learning all this, I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to testify 
tell others. So in this Christmas light drive-through, there's the 20 mysteries of the rosary, all in lights, all the images, but every one of the images has an invitation, an invitation to receive the gift, the greatest gift ever given, Christ our Savior. It's awesome, but that's all of our callings. How can we testify to the truth in our boardrooms, in our churches, in our community, in our bedrooms, wherever God has us? How do we live the life of Christ, his heart? You know, create in me, Daniel cried, or David cried out in the Psalms, create in me a new heart, O Lord, you know, and renew my mind so that I may have the mind of Christ. So, man, that's our calling. We are all come into this world to testify to the truth through our actions by listening, listening to the voice of our Lord, both through the digesting of the Word of God, through our going to daily Mass, you know, and consuming the Word and consuming Christ in the Eucharist so that we can truly live out that testimony in our life's example. You mentioned daily Mass, David. Do you, do you remember when or why or were you encouraged um, to, to taste a little bit, you know, to, to, to give daily Mass a try? Do you, do you remember that, that part of your journey? Well, at 46 years old, I had really, truly probably never gone to daily Mass as a Catholic born and raised. And then I had my crash, and I broke into a thousand pieces. And I thank you, Lord, for putting me back together and right-ordering my mind, my heart, my body. And when that happened, I no longer went to church on a Sunday or any day because I was supposed to, because I had to. I went with a desire of the heart because I wanted to experience Christ in the Mass on Sundays. And then when I didn't go because I had to... I went because I wanted to, and the Lord kept flooding me in my heart through the words, through the songs, through the scripture readings, and then realizing that the Lord Jesus Christ himself was going to feed me that daily bread we pray for in the Our Father, that bread of life which he is, the Lamb of God which he is, he was going to feed me his very self, body, soul, divinity, everything, I was going to be able to consume him so that I become what I consume, Jesus Christ in the world that day, I went, oh my goodness, I want to go every day. And so, Rob, as I started to go to daily mass, I wanted to go more. And then when I'd miss a day, I'd feel not full. I'd feel weak. I'd feel like I can't make it through the day. I'm, I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed. But when I go to daily Mass, it's like what the Ephesians, the book of Ephesians tells us, you know, arm up with Christ. So fill up that morning in prayer and in consuming Christ, both in word and in the Eucharist, so that you can be that testimony to truth in the world, that testimony to the light in the world, that invitation to the banquet to everybody you meet. It changed me. And, and for me now, you know, I'm my perfect and go every day. It's not about that. But the ache of my heart is to go every day, not because I have to, because my desire is to. That's beautiful. And I'm recalling back to, to my challenge, and it was during Lent. It was uh, December 31st, 2003, when I finally said yes to the Lord. And then that upcoming Lent, I said, let me, 
we'll give this a shot you know, as, as something to do in addition to giving something up for Lent. And uh, it's just it's so beautiful. And at the, at the time, our oldest, who's 17 now, was two, between two and three years old. And I would take her to Mass with me and and uh, I would just see, because, you know, there's a lot of the older retired folks from, from the parish, and I would just see just her presence bring them to life. And you know, so it's just a beautiful exchange of, of life and love, you know, Jesus giving us his very life as food himself. And then, you know, my daughter at two being, you know, a, a bright light to some of the, the older, you know, the older folks in the parish. Uh, it was just a, a beautiful experience that I thought was going to be during Lent. And like you said, David, once, once I had the taste of it, because the Sunday Mass obviously is, is beautiful. If you're ever having a tough time concentrating at Sunday Mass, or if you're ever having a tough time just really focusing because there's so many distractions, especially if, you're, you know, if you have a family and you're, you're bringing kids, I just invite you to try one daily Mass a week. Not in replace of, but in addition to Sunday. Just add one daily Mass a week. And most places, you know, especially, especially in you know, areas that were not too far from a city, you'll be able to find an early mass, a, late, a regular morning mass, a late morning, sometimes noon. You know, once a week, a lot of places will have an evening mass. So in terms of time, I'm sure you can find one that will fit your schedule. But just to, just to experience what we were talking about earlier, that quiet, where you walk into the quiet of the church and you sit and you kneel you stand and you ponder and you're fed. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing. And, and in all the traveling that I've that I've done, first thing I would do is I would find the local Catholic church. What's the daily mass schedule? And I would go. And there's this beautiful brother and sisterhood with people that go to daily mass. Like, you know, once you enter into that, you know, I'll be there for any any trip. I'd be there like three four days, and I'd feel like I'm part of the family. You know why? Because I was part of the family. So. Um, that's an invitation. So if uh, if your if your heart's tugging on, on that, you know, if, if that invitation is tugging at your heart, uh, just follow that prompting and, and give uh, give daily mass a shot. You know, the first sentence really just ties into what you're what you're sharing with us. Pilate said to Jesus, as he says to each one of us, you know, as we ask this question, "Are you the King of the Jews?" And Jesus answered, and this is so important. Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? You see, we can hear a whole lot about Jesus. We can hear about him in school. We can hear about him in church. We can have a whole lot of—we can read the Bible. We can have a whole lot of head knowledge about Jesus Christ. But you see, it truly takes that piercing of the heart for me to own what this question asks. Jesus asks me, do you believe that I'm king of your life? Do I sit on the throne of your heart? Or do you just know about me through others? The answer to the question at age 46, I'm going to be 61 years old now, at age 46 was, I just knew about him through Catholic education, through mass, through what I had heard, but I didn't know him. From age 46 on, I can tell you what started out as a personal relationship ended up to an ever-deepening divine intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in, through, and with my Catholic faith. And thank you, Lord, for the daily Mass. And Jesus reminded me, uh, David, remember when the apostles 
said, teach me how to pray? And Jesus taught them the Our Father. And in the Our Father, it says, give us this day our daily bread. And God the Father says, I'm going to do that. That daily bread is not just a physical food to feed your body, but it's a spiritual food in my son to feed your soul. And you've got to make the choice. You're offered it daily. If you had the opportunity to go see with a free golden ticket, Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra, Billy Graham, Pope John Paul II, you name the, the person that you'd most like to see, get to personally meet, get to have an intimate time and moment for let's just say 30 minutes to an hour with that person, would you go? You probably would. Well, Jesus himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity, invites each of us as Catholics whose eyes and hearts have been opened to the truth to come in and dine with him, to come in and receive him. It says in the Bible that the Father and the Son, they want to come and dine with us, commune with us, have common union with us. Well, guess what? That's communion. That's the Eucharist. It doesn't get any more intimate than that. Jesus is inviting each of us to receive his very self. So my question, ladies and gentlemen, is the desire of your heart to receive that free golden ticket and meet the Lord every day or as many as you can because it's through that meeting that your life and the lives of all those around you will be transformed for the better. And I, I, I can't help but singing you know, the, the words of the song uh, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I got a golden ticket, you know, the one scene mm-hmm. when you know, the, each, of the, each of the five, I think it was, uh, kids that, that got the golden ticket. But like, all, everything that some of them went through um, you know, to get that golden ticket to go into a chocolate factory. And David, your challenge is so right on. You know, I've heard people say something similar like, as it relate, in using money as the example. Like if someone put you know, a $100 bill at your church you know, on the altar and, and you, know, you just need to go there every day and, and pick up that $100 bill, would you do it? Well, I mean, most people would you know, go out of their way to pick up a $100 bill every day, right? So what we're being offered huh. free... Yep. Every day is Jesus. It, it's him. And, and he is the only meal because he offers himself as a meal. He is yep. the only meal that, yep. that it doesn't become us. We become... You are what you eat. Yeah. The, that's the only meal that that statement that's is true. That's correct. That is the only meal that that and, statement and is true. And, you know, Jesus reinforces the fact that his flesh is true food, his blood is true drink. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And so you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Read chapter 6 of John's gospel, verse 54 and on, and let Jesus tell you in his words, hello, it's real, it's me. Yeah. And the word you used a couple times was desire, and I had written down a note, and I pointed that note to my kingdom does not belong to this world, and I just said properly ordered desires Mm -hmm. that 
in big chunks of my life, my de- my desire is not bad. Mm-hmm, it's just right. when they're out of order, right? God wants to, he plants a desire in our hearts and, and my desires were just, just so disordered. And I was spending a lot of time and money and energy on pursuing those things that I thought were going to make me happy. And that's because my kingdom belonged to this world. And the moment through God's grace, nothing that I did, but through God's grace, where I opened up that precious gift of faith. And I gave my own yes, free will, yes to the Lord, that he oriented and reordered and, and, and put into right, um, balance. right balance my desires. That what I was pursuing with all of my energy and my heart, my soul, my time, I was now finding in its fulfillment, in its fullness, everything that I was looking for right there with Jesus. So when people say, how do you know this faith thing is real? It's like, well, if you, you know, make $100 or a million dollars, you're going to want your second million. If you score a goal in a game, you're going to want to score again. If you get a touchdown, if you get an A in a test, you're going to want to get that again because that's not what truly satisfies. Mm-hmm. But once we allow Jesus into our lives and we crown him king of our hearts, then our, everything comes into right order and then we're not looking for anything from the world's, from the kingdom of the world to satisfy because our kingdom now belongs, our kingdom is God's kingdom. And sometimes as human beings, it's tough to abdicate that throne to the Lord. Oh, we, yeah. We, we, we want to sit on that throne. We want it our way. I want it my way. So for me, Rob, as you were sharing that, I just was reading, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. You know what, Lord? I'm yours. The greatest freedom I got was realizing Jesus came to give his life that set the captives free so that we would have life and have it abundantly. When I realized I don't own anything, everything I have, the star barn, it doesn't matter. It's a sacred trust. When the star barn was gifted to me by the Lord, my reaction was, I own the star barn. No, it was, how can I use the star barn village to bring you all honor, all glory, all praise, to proclaim your truth to the world? And you know, when we receive everything as a gift, and realize that that gift was to be used to be a blessing to others, to show Christ in the world, it'll change your life. It'll set you free. You know you won't have to do something. You'll desire to do it for the Lord. God bless each and every one of you this season of Christmas. Be a gift to others and open the free gift that is Christ. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you 
to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.